morning, church. It's good to see you guys this morning. Good morning to those of you watching online, too. Glad you could be with us. I have just a couple of quick announcements. We are excited to let you know that June is going to be Next Gen Month. So lots of stuff happening in June, but we need you to sign up for that now. So VBS will be June 5th through the 9th. If you came in, you may have seen uh, the board out here, opportunity for you, whether your kids are in VBS or whether you just like to help out, uh, you can take one of those cards off the board and bring whatever is on it back uh, to help support VBS for that week. Uh, but VBS will be for ages four through those entering fifth grade. And so if you've got a kid or a grandkid in that age bracket, we would love for you to sign them up and bring them here. Lots of stuff going to be happening that week, games, crafts, and of course, Bible lessons as well. Uh, and then later on in the month uh, will be camp. How many of you went to camp, uh, church camp growing up? Right now, yeah, a bunch of us. I grew up going to Camp Sooner in Pink, Oklahoma. That is a real place. I am not making that up. And uh, it was great. It shaped my life. It was there that I gave my life to Christ. And so I, I am so thankful for what camp does. We would love for you to send your kids and your students to camp. Uh, so camps will run from June 12th through the 29th uh, out at Camp Como. That'll be for students entering fourth grade and then students who are seniors in high school. Lots of stuff that happens during that week as well, uh, of course, with, with all sorts of games and worship uh, and uh, great sermons and preaching going on out there. Chance for them to grow a little closer to God, get to know some new friends as well. So all of that registration is open now, so we would encourage you to sign up, whether that's for v VBS or for camps. You can do that online at our church app, or you can even do it right out here as you leave. Well, as they say, the training wheels are off. So today begins a new journey for all of us. And I have been thinking about uh, what would I preach this particular Sunday? I knew this Sunday was coming now for a couple of months. What does Scripture say about moments like this? Uh, you see lots of transitions in Scripture. You see transitions from Moses to Joshua, David to Solomon, Elijah to Elisha, John the Baptist to Jesus, and even to a degree you see Paul transitioning to Timothy. And we can learn a lot from those shifts in leadership, but for today, where we truly are sort of beginning this new journey, I thought what better place to start than the story of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Now in Genesis 12, he's still known as Abram. I'm going to use the word Abraham today because that'll make it easier for us. But Abraham is beginning a new journey where the destination is completely unknown. But because of his faithfulness into that unknown, God blesses him and his family. And not only that, he blesses many generations. And in a sense, we are here sitting in this building today because of the faithfulness of Abraham to embark into the unknown. And so God is going to lead the way for us as well here at Pikes Peak. And so let's pray before we get into the text. Father, we come before you. Lord, we are so thankful for this part of worship, the part where we open up your word. And your word is so valuable to us. It speaks to us. It gives us the principles by which we live by. We know it doesn't speak to every little detail of, of something that's going on in our life, but the overarching principles do, and so that, that's why it is living and active. And so today, Lord, as we get into Genesis 12, I pray that you will 
uh, help the, the text to come alive for us. Help me to preach it with clarity uh, and let these be your words and not mine. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. What's the last thing you do before you leave on a long trip? You go to the bathroom. Right? That's what you do. I mean, that's what we do, especially if you have young kids. You tell them, listen, I don't care if you went five minutes ago. You're going to go try and go to the bathroom now. Now, why, why do we do that? Especially us dads, why do we do that? Because when we get there, we want to brag about how quickly we were able to arrive at that destination, right? That, that's why we do it. And, and I don't know why, but it's something that we do. And, and you'll see us bragging about you know, how quickly we made it through this city or how quickly we got the family out of the restaurant or we only had to make one stop. And, and you've seen this take place where you get to the destination, maybe there's a group of people there, and the dads will sort of huddle and they will congratulate one another on how quickly they got there, even though half their family has a urinary tract infection now. <laughs> we, we do some strange things in our culture. I don't know if the Old Testament guys stood around their camels and talked about how quickly they made it from Dan to Beersheba, but as fathers, we brag about how good a time we made on some trip because we knew the destination. We could put it into Google Maps and it takes us right to where we need to be. When Abraham is called by God to a new land, he doesn't know the destination. He's quite literally packing up everything, and he is heading out on this journey to a destination that is completely unknown, at least to him. And by the way, he's leaving a pretty nice place. Haran, we, we're pretty sure we know where that's at, about where that's at. It's a nice, fertile place. He's going to an even nicer place, but he doesn't know that. He can't just Google Canaan to see what it's like. And yet still, he packs everything up, and he moves, and he obeys the call of God. Listen to it. Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed when it comes to beginning new journeys, the first thing we can learn from Abraham is that when God calls us on a new journey, respond with faith. The, the text is very clear. Abraham departed as he was instructed. He didn't live in Haran another couple of years. He responded with faith and he left and obeyed the Lord. Setting out on a new journey is not always easy. It's even harder when the destination is completely unknown, like in Abraham's case. The church that I left in Kansas, they are embarking on a new journey. All of us here, we are embarking on a new journey. And God has called us on this journey together. I don't know exactly where he's going to take us, but I promise you I will do my very best to follow his will for my life and the life of this church. When God calls us to something, he does expect us to respond with faith. And although the text in Genesis, it doesn't actually use the word faith, the writer of Hebrews does. In Hebrews 11, verse 8, it says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where 
he was going. I mean, it takes a pretty good measure of faith to pick up your entire family and move to a place without really knowing where you're going. But that's what Abraham did. You know, Abby and I were blessed. We got to visit here. We got to get to know some of the staff and, and some of the, uh, the elders and even some of the search team we already knew. We got to be here. We got to experience what a service was like. And yet still, it's a step of faith for us. But it's also a step of faith for you. And that's okay. And maybe to a sense, there's some anxiety there. Maybe there, it's a little bit scary. But, but I think it's exciting it's exciting that together we get to come alongside one another on this new journey. I, I really believe that God is going to do great things if we respond with faith. My cousin Eric and I were just a couple of years apart. I'm a little bit older than he is, and we both grew up in Oklahoma. We both grew up in the Christian church. And of course, right after high school, I went into Bible college. And I had a hunch that maybe he would. Uh, but, but he didn't. He decided to, to go to Oklahoma State University. He got his degree in engineering. Lots of people in my family are engineers. We kind of have that mechanical aptitude. And so he, he got his degree. Uh, he eventually uh, got married and they moved. He worked in Oklahoma for an oil company for a little bit, then moved to Dallas and then moved to Houston. His wife's a chemical engineer, moving up in her company. And, and I always sort of wondered if he would ever make his way uh, back to, uh, to ministry because I knew he thought about going to Bible college for a minute. And about five years ago, my mother called me and said, you're not going to believe what your cousin Eric is doing. Okay, well, what's he doing? He's leaving his engineering job to become a children's minister. And I thought, that's awesome. <laughs> He's going to love that. He's going to flourish. He loves kids. He's so good with kids. He has a huge heart. He loves the Lord. I was so happy to hear that when God called him onto a new, into a new journey, he responded with faith. What's God calling you to today. Now he's all calling all of us into this new journey together. But specifically, what is he calling you to do right now? Individually. Maybe he's calling you to serve in some way. Maybe it has to do with next gen month. Maybe he's, he's calling you to reconcile with another brother or sister. Maybe you're sitting in opposite ends of the room. Maybe God is calling you to, to just pray for somebody. Maybe the Spirit is prompting you to pray for somebody or to say an encouraging word to somebody. Maybe God is calling you to buy something for your mother. That's, that's a not-so-subtle hint that Mother's Day is next week, guys. I'm just looking out for you, okay? Maybe the Spirit is sort of nudging you to go get that card, go get that gift. Listen, whatever God might be calling you to, respond with faith. I promise, if you will do that, you will absolutely never regret it. Abraham did, and generations upon generations have been blessed because he said yes to God. Responding with faith. It's not the only thing we can learn from Abraham. We can also learn to rely on the promises of God during the journey. And church, the promises of God are so wonderful. They are so good. He is so faithful to us. Even when we aren't faithful to him, he is always faithful to us. And God made quite a few promises to Abraham. 
in this, this short text, seven of them all together. And we're going to throw them on the screen. I, we're not going to dig into each one of them, but I wanted you to hear them. Here are the promises he made. I will show you a new land. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make you famous or, or make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. I will give this land to your descendants. Those are incredible promises that I'm sure to at least a degree helped Abraham, made it a little easier for him to respond with faith. Now, the Hebrew word for promise or covenant, it actually has several meanings. It can mean to eat with, which suggests this idea of a fellowship and agreement. It can also mean to, to bind something, to tie something up, which sort of gives it this idea of commitment. And the Hebrew word for promise can also mean to allot or to give. So you have this idea of sharing, which means when God makes a covenant, when God makes a promise... He enters into an agreement with us. He commits himself to us to share whatever it is he has promised. And God gives Abraham these promises, not for any particular reason, but just simply as an act of grace. And what's wonderful is God has made a whole bunch of promises to us. I'm going to throw just a list on the screen again. It, these are promises I just thought of while studying for this, this sermon. God promises to strengthen you. God promises to give you rest. God promises to take care of all of your needs in Philippians 4. God promises to answer your prayers in Matthew 5. God promises to protect you and, and promises freedom from sin and promises you everlasting life in John 3.16. And that's just barely scratching the surface of all the promises he has made to us. And these promises, what they do is they help us step out into faith on a new journey. How you respond to God's promises determines what God will do in your life. If you rely on his promises, oh, he's going to do amazing things. And he's always going to be there through all the journeys of life. And as you step into a new chapter, as we step into this new chapter, this new journey for Pikes Peak Christian Church, if we rely on his promises, guys, he will do more than we could ever ask or imagine. We will find ways to turn broken people into relentless, loving servants of Jesus Christ. And we can accomplish that, church, but only through the power and the promise of God, the example of his son, and the guidance of his spirit. It's going to be an incredible journey. I really believe that. In John 17, Jesus gives what, what we call his farewell discourse. He's essentially telling his disciples, guys, you're going to go on a new journey. And while he is, is describing this, he's actually praying for them. And he prays protection over them. He prays that they would be protected from Satan. Uh, he prays that, that they would be made holy through the word of truth. And then towards the end of that chapter, he prays for you and he prays for me. In John 17, 20, Jesus says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever be, believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I'm in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So as we begin this new journey together, I just echo Jesus' prayer. It's been my prayer that in some way God would unite us. I know I'm new, I know I'm fresh, I know I don't know everyone, but I believe that God can unite us because we share the same Savior. 
and he can unite us just like the Father and the Son so that that way people around us will come to know Christ and they too can believe and rely on his promises. In the story of Abraham's call to embark on this new journey into this unknown land, there is one caution in the text. There is one thing to be aware of. Don't make compromises along the way. See, the compromise that Abraham makes, it's not clear right away in the text, but it's absolutely there. Sometimes the first steps of faith are not big ones. Sometimes they're just little baby steps. And in a sense, that's kind of what they were for Abraham because he didn't fully obey God. The Lord told him to leave his country, his relatives, and his families, his father's family. He didn't exactly do that. Listen to Genesis 12, 4. It says, So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. See, he wasn't supposed to do that. That was the bit of a compromise that Abraham made. It goes on to say, Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all of his wealth, his livestock, all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. Now listen, it was fine for Abraham to to take his wife. It was fine for him to take his livestock. It was even okay for him to take all the servants in his household. But his nephew Lot was a compromise he should have never made. Warren Wearsby in his commentary on Genesis, he says this, Whatever you bring with you from the old life into the new is likely to create problems. We've all been there, I think. Lot created some problems for Abraham down the road. In fact, the next two chapters of Genesis is just all about the problems that Abraham had with Lot. It starts off with a problem with with livestock and their, their workers. They had too much livestock, not enough property. And so each of the, their men began to fight with each other, Lot's men fighting against Abraham's men. And eventually they had to separate. And Abraham went towards Canaan and Lot went closer to Sodom. But that's not all the issues that he had with Lot because not too long after that, Lot and his family are captured by a local king. And Abraham has to gather up 318 trained men and go rescue Lot and all those who had been uh, captured by that king. If you study the life of Abraham, you'll find that occasionally he compromises and that always comes back to bite him. The life of faith that we live demands that we separate from what is evil, that we devote ourselves to what is holy. We just, we can't be people who compromise along the way. Paul writes it like this in 2 Corinthians 6.14. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God. They'll be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I'll be your father, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Because we have these promises, dear friends, Paul says, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit 
and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. Compromise is a very dangerous thing, and we've all experienced that. We've all made compromises at different times in our life in the same way that Abraham did. There's an old song uh, by Casting Crowns. It's called Slow Fade. You, you may have heard of it. It's a song about compromise. It's this story about a father and a husband who slowly but surely gives in to sexual temptation. And a portion of the lyrics say this, Be careful, little eyes, what you see. It's the second glance that ties your hands as darkness pulls the strings. Be careful, little feet, where you go, for it's the little feet behind you that are sure to follow. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white have turned to gray. And thoughts invade, choices made, a price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. Now, the redeeming part of the song, the, the, just the incredibly genius part of the song, is that the, the music video itself plays in reverse. It starts with him giving in to the temptation and goes backwards from there. And when the video ends, the father chooses not to compromise. Guys, it's so important that on this journey that, that we're beginning, that we don't compromise, that we don't abandon the truth. And I believe that if we do that, he will do great things. The thought, that thought goes along with the last thing that we can learn from Abraham as he begins this new journey to the unknown, and that is to stay committed to the journey, never abandon it. Abraham and Sarah committed their lives and their future to God, and they received all that God had planned for them, including a child in their old age. And as we begin our journey, I hope that you and I can commit our futures and the future of this church to God so that like Abraham and Sarah, we will receive all that God has planned for this church as well. Faith demands commitment. Where would we be today if Abraham and Sarah had not committed themselves to obeying the Lord and stepping out in faith? Where would we be today if previous generations of Christians had not given themselves fully to the Lord? We should never take for granted these, these previous generations who helped pave the way to get to where we are today. We stand on their shoulders because they stayed committed to the journey. They didn't abandon the Lord when things got rough. We don't forget the past, we build on the past. And as we start this new journey together into what is somewhat of an unknown, may the generations who come after us be able to point to us and say, those folks stayed committed to the Lord. Now we see Abraham's commitment to this new journey in Genesis 12, 6 through 8. It says this, Abraham traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Moriah. And that, at that time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there, <clears throat> altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south, set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and I to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord. Now you may be wondering, okay, where's the commitment in that passage? 
Abraham was showing his commitment to the Lord when he built those altars each time he stopped to worship God. Wherever Abraham went in the land of Canaan, he was marked by two things. He had a tent and he had an altar. Every time he stopped, there was a tent and there was an altar. The tent told everyone, I'm not from here. I don't belong here and I am not part of you. I am separate from you. And the altar told everyone that I am here to worship the true and living God. So when they saw his tent, they knew this guy's not part of us. He's separated from the world. When they saw his altars, they knew that he was devoted to the Lord. When Abraham would abandon his tent and his altar, he got into trouble. But as long as he stayed in his tent, as long as he kept worshiping the Lord and building those altars, things went well for him. Now, Abraham pitched his tent with Bethel in the west and I in the east. Sometimes the meanings of the names of cities is really important. I means ruin. Bethel means house of God. So figuratively, you have Abraham and Sarah traveling from east to west, from the city of ruin to the house of God. And because they stayed committed to him and didn't abandon the journey, they got to experience all the blessings that God had in store for them. And at every stop, he would worship the Lord and build an altar. And you could trace the steps of his faith by the altars he left behind. What are we leaving behind? What are the altars that you leave behind? What are the altars that you build to help show your your family and your friends how to worship the Lord? What are we leaving behind as we journey through all of life's ups and downs? See, here's what I hope you'll remember most about this story of Abraham, about new journeys into the unknown. We are on a journey to be a blessing. And you are blessed, not so that you can keep that, but so that you can pass that on. God blesses us so that we might be a blessing to others. God blessed the whole world through the faith, reliance, and commitment of Abraham. And God wants to bless you as well. God wants to bless not just the Fountain Valley, not just the springs, but God wants to bless the entire world through Pikes Peak Christian Church if we will let him. God pulled Abraham out of a life of idolatry to become the father of a nation. Guys, he can do all kinds of stuff through us as well. You don't need to be perfect. In fact, you can't be perfect. But you do need to look more and more like Christ as time goes on. You don't need to know every single doctrine of Scripture and be able to recite it. You you don't need to know that, but you got to be in the Word. You have to understand that you, you don't even need to have the perfect words to say. Scripture says that God will give us the words at the right time. All you need to do is say yes to God and join us in this new journey as we all together faithfully commit ourselves to the promises of God so that he can use us to be a blessing.